0: What's going on, Packers fans? Aaron Negler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Tuesday. Hope you all had a great holiday weekend. I had a phenomenal day yesterday. Holy cow. It was beautiful out here in New York City. Hope it was a great day wherever you were. Um, Nice to take a couple days off, but good to be back with you. Always happy to talk Packers with Packers fans around the world because that's what we do here at Cheesehead TV. And before I get going... Don't want to forget to give a shout-out to our good friends over at Ticket King. That's right. You want to go and get tickets for Packers games, either home or away, preseason or regular season contests. Make sure you head to cheeseheadtv.com, pull up the schedule. You'll find individual links for each and every game. Ticket King, don't be doing no Ticketmaster or StubHub or any of that nonsense. Support a local Wisconsin business in Ticket King. Do it, people. Get on it. And while you're at it, while you're thinking about the Green Bay Packers and who they might play and who you might go see them take on this year, I just, I just want to address something that I've seen a lot of. And then someone actually tweeted me about it this morning, and I'm glad they did so, because it reminded me I wanted to say this uh, into a live mic, so to speak. You know, this is the time of year when we're we're the, the draft is well into the rear view and teams are going through OTAs and, We don't really have any idea of how things are going to play out team by team and where they will improve or where they will regress and blah, blah, blah. And so now is the time. This is the fertile ground, if you will, when opposing fans, mostly Bears and Vikings fans, but opposing fans will take their shots at the Packers because this is all they've got. This is their time of year. This is when they hang their banners in June because God knows they ain't hanging any in January or February. This is the time, people, and I'm here to let you know, I sense many of you, and the analytics here on our YouTube channel would we'll back this up, that many of you are uh, a bit younger than I am. And I, I'm just here to say, as a seasoned veteran of these fan wars, none of this means anything in June, and everybody taking shots at the Packers, inevitably look like complete asses so i'm just advising you and of course everybody fans a different way and if you feel the need to engage in an online skirmish with an opposing fan base far be it from me to stop you however i will say the whatever little dopamine hit you may get for firing back instantly pales in comparison to the joy the absolute un varnished joy that you will feel if you just hit bookmark on that tweet that you want to respond to and then come back to it mid-season, after the season. Hell, after they play whatever team is grousing about the Packers. I'm telling you, nothing is gained by engaging with these people In the depths of the offseason, nobody knows what's going to happen this year. Nobody knows who's going to look good, who's going to look bad, and what surprises may be in store. And yes, the Packers are going to look very different than they have uh, in any season of recent vintage. No question about it. But people telling you they know, or this is, Jordan Love's going to be terrible, or the Packers aren't going to win five games, or blah, blah, blah. None of it is worth it. My favorite, I gotta say, shout out to the Bears fan who compared the physiques of the quarterbacks of the Packers and the Bears. I mean, just when you think the Bears and their fans can't invent anything new to look dumb about, they, they you know, they raise the bar. Win the workout, baby, in May. Whatever you need to tell yourselves, Bears fans. This is what I mean. None of this means anything. So, please, I am begging you, from the bottom of my soul, don't reply. Just hit bookmark. As Aaron Jones said, there is no better feeling than being able to prove people wrong. And that's what the Packers are fixing to do in 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Good to see everybody in the comments section already mixing it up. I know we got Ryan up in here real quick with a... Super Chat, what's up, man? With all these rule changes, the NFL will turn into flag football. It'll be unwatchable if they keep changing the rules. Chuck Cecil couldn't play in today's NFL. Well, Ryan, yeah, Chuck Cecil couldn't, but I don't think Chuck Cecil could play in much of the NFL past when he was playing simply because the rules are ever-evolving, and uh, they have legislated a lot of what Chuck Cecil liked to do out of the game well prior to uh, any iteration we've seen in the last couple of years. All of that said, I understand what you're talking about, but I don't sense that it'll ever be unwatchable because they've turned it into flag football, as people say, right? We, the, the allure and the physicality of the game go hand in hand and they'll never completely legislate all of the physicality and all of the, let's put it bluntly violence out of the game. That said, Yes, does today's game look markedly different than it did back then? No question. Will it look markedly different 10, 15 years from now than it does today? Of course it will. But the root of the popularity uh, resides somewhat in the violence of the sport. And the owners know this. Now, yes, are they continuously changing the rules? Uh, The things like the um, new fair catch rule for kickoffs, etc., Does it take some of the luster out of the game? Perhaps. I mean, yes, is it exciting when we see Keyshawn Nixon gallop 100 yards for a touchdown against the Vikings? No question about it. But those plays, you all know, are few and far between. I don't think the NFL is losing much by eliminating the kickoff, and I know there's been a lot of hand-wringing about it, but that is the way it's headed. And the NFL will continue to try to stay ahead of any future litigation in that regard. I know uh, Pat McAfee went on about this and thought that was kind of a ridiculous sentiment, but, uh, you know, he's not the one who will have to dole out the checks. If there's a, some kind of suit brought against the league in the future, uh, the owners already dealing with the aftermath of ignoring this issue for as long as they did, um, you know, they're, they're always going to try to stay ahead of it. And that's just part of the gig. Now that's part of the NFL landscape. I understand those of us who grew up watching a much more violent version of the sport, We'll often decry it, but that is the reality. That is just how it's going to be. Uh, what else we got here? Minzy, what's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. Grassi is a real one. Raises glasses. got gif. No question about it. Uh, I know Tom is in Green Bay today. Uh, I think he had a meetup early this after, or, I'm sorry, this morning, and then I think he's doing another one this evening. Um, starting his thirty for thirty. Um, absolutely legendary stuff being done by Tom Grossi, uh, visiting 30 NFL stadiums in 30 days. If you haven't checked out his uh, streams, if you haven't checked out his channel, I highly recommend you do so if you are not just a Packers fan, but an NFL fan. The man, the myth, and the legend. No doubt about it. <laughs> Jim. But it's always okay to dump on the Bears. That, that, that's that's fair. It's a fair point. That is a fair point. I'm just saying it's much more fun to dump on them in season. I mean, the the offseason, it's just become so routine. I mean, how many offseasons do we have to sit here listening to Bears fans talk about how great their team is going to be, only for their team to arrive on the scene at the season and they look like complete crap? I mean, that has been the M.O. here for a decade, more. I mean, yes, they've risen up on occasion, but then fallen right back to reality. I mean, nothing will ever, ever beat. The offseason, and this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. The offseason where they signed Ha Ha Clinton Dix and the Packers signed Amos, and the Bears fans spent the entirety of the summer talking about how they had swindled the Packers and gotten the much better player, and we all know how that turned out. And it was just perfect when Adrian Amos intercepted Trubisky's pass to seal the first game of the year. That's when you want to engage. This is my point. Because it, oh, it's so sweet. So sweet. Duke, that's an excellent question. Which 2022 departing veteran will be missed the most position-wise? That's a really good question. <laughs> I don't I don't want to start a fire here, but probably Mason Crosby is my guess. Like, I know we're all, you know, the obvious answer is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I do think, you know, turning the page to a new quarterback, you understand why that's happening, etc. With Mason Crosby, you know, who knows what you're getting in that rookie. Who knows what the uh, kicking situation is going to be. Hell. Not even halfway through the year, like a month into the season. you know Anything's possible. So, I mean, outside of that, you know, I, a Big Dog, you miss his leadership, but they've restocked the tight end group. You know, wide receiver, tons of youth to replace Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. Uh, Amos is definitely in that conversation, I think because there's a lot of unknowns there. But I really like, I sound like an assistant coach now, but I do like their room. I like the addition of Owens and um, I think there's some youth there. I think Anthony Johnson can step up. So, you know, I'm not completely I don't think that's bereft of talent. But you talk about like a position where things could really swing because of the uh, you know, departure of a veteran from last year. I got to go with kicker. Got to go with Mason. That could be that could be a real problem. I'm not saying it will be, but it could be. Jason says, I can't wait for the Reggie White ESPN 30 for 30. I'm right there with you, Jason. I am fascinated to see uh, precisely how they approach it. You know, in the release about the production, uh, they mentioned his, quote, controversial life. And uh, I don't know. A lot of Packers fans probably forget some of the controversy around Reggie when he – you know addressed the Wisconsin state legislature and uh, various other remarks he had made throughout his later part of his career and it sounds like this kind of documentary is really based around a number of interviews he gave a few months before he passed. So I am fascinated to see what you know viewpoint Reggie is at at that point and how they frame it. I do hope they go through, you know, his time with the Eagles into the decision to sign in Green Bay, and, of course, their ascension to Super Bowl champs. I'm very interested in all that. As a Packers fan, that's exactly where I would like them to be focused. But I sense my guesswork here is that it's going to be skirting the line of, yes, it's a football doc, but we're also looking at what they'll probably frame as a complicated individual or something like that. TBD, we'll see. Jeezy Baby, thanks for the Super Chat. Over, under, halfback wheel routes with Dylan this year. Oh, man, don't get me all excited. It's almost June, and you got me thinking A.J. Dylan wheel route, which I have been begging for for, like, three years now. You know, they sent him on one a couple years ago. I famously said he's wide open. Just throw it to him. Yeah, you know, the ball went someplace else, and that's not on Rodgers. It's just, like, the design of the play. I get it. But, man, come on, get him on that wheel route. Let's do it. I'm down with this idea. Over, under. I will set the over-under at 2, and I'll, I'll take the under. How's that? Joe, thanks for the Super Chat. In the last four games in 2022, Packers' run defense improved by about 50 yards per game. Some of that, I think, was Wyatt replacing Lowry. There are also scheme changes. You know, not big ones. Uh, You know, the coverage was really where a lot of the changes happened as far as, you know, the switch to a lot more cover two and cover six and things of that nature. It didn't really change a lot up front, especially on early downs, other than what you're talking about there. You know, Dean Lowry going down and getting injured paved the way for Wyatt to see the field more. And, yes, I think some of that, I don't think all of it, but some of that improvement was down to that personnel change. I do think Joe called – I don't want to say a more solid game or even a more conservative game in that regard, but I do think he did a good job of, you know, knowing when to possibly, you know, rotate a safety into the box and needed, you know, a few numbers, things of that nature. But for the most part, yeah, I think a lot of stuff was played up front, pretty straight. And the personnel, I think, had more to do with it than anything else. I also think TJ Slayton played better down the stretch there than people probably remember or give him credit for um i think you add those two things together and that you know did a lot of the work as far as the improvement goes now you know that none of that really means much as we know heading into week 1 against the bears who ran all over the packers in week 2 um last season although i will say a lot of that was with the packers guarding a lead and allowing a lot of stuff to happen in front of them but um yeah i think i am anxious as i've said many times really anxious to see Wyatt on the field early and often in camp and hope he kind of takes that jump, that year one to year two jump that you really need from uh, the 2022 class. What else we got here, folks? What's up, Brandy? How you doing? Nags will love throw for 4,000 yards before one bear QB ever has. I mean, if there's a scheme to get him there, it's this one. It's a possibility, no doubt about it. But, you know, the the Bears are running a similar scheme when it comes to what they like to do in the passing game, and they have clearly designed a lot more runs for fields uh, over the course of the second half of the year. So maybe they continue to lean on that because of how productive it was. So that might depress his passing numbers a little bit and allow Jordan to take that mantle, which would be fucking hilarious. Uh, do I think Jordan throws for 4000 this year? No, I do not. Could he eventually? Yes, he could. Will that happen before fields? I think it'll be neck and neck. We'll see. That'd be funny, though. Ed, thanks for the super chat. Packer fans since the 60s, I like the fact that today's players stand a much better chance of remembering that they played the game when they get older. They earned it. I hear you, man. And that's the th- Like, look, I, I understand um, Ryan's sentiment at the top of the stream regarding, you know, the legislation of a lot of the physicality and the violence out of the game. I understand those of us who remember a very different game in, you know, bygone eras. Probably, yeah, it's a little wistful sometimes seeing how, quote-unquote, kid glove-like it can get at times, especially when it comes to flags around roughing the quarterback. That's an area where they they got to do something there because that's gotten ridiculous. However, um, yeah, the fact that I have now met lots of guys who play and I know them through their life, like as far as not just when they're playing but when they retire – You know, I've talked to guys I remember very distinctly when I was at Sports Illustrated um, doing some research about, you know, guys who played before, uh, you know, basically the the 92 or 93 season. You know, and I've exchanged messages with uh, a number of uh, vets and their spouses over the years and how, you know, the NFL has really turned a blind eye. And not just the NFL, but the NFLPA as well to a lot of the dudes who played pre '92 um it's a sad state of affairs you know and every opportunity they have during negotiations for a new CBA they pay lip service to it but they never really do much about it and that's the sad fact so to your point yeah uh i do like that uh there's an ability to uh talk to these guys and know that you know still yes it's a violent game and there are dudes who have major issues long term there's no question about it uh that's not I'm not belittling that. I'm not dismissing it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Because it most certainly does. It still remains a very violent sport. But comparative to where it was even 20 years ago to today, the guys are in a much better spot. And here's the other thing. At least now it's out in the open of what's happening long term. Some of these degenerative issues that guys will face later in life. At least now they go in knowing somewhat what they're signing up for. Yes, they're very young. Yes, there's a lot of money involved. I get all that. But it's not like 20 years ago where the NFL was turning a complete blind eye. Hmm. Huh. Sorry, guys. It looks like I'm having some issues on Facebook. I apologize for that. not sure why. But uh, still going strong on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, Got Ed. There we go. What else we got? I saw on Yahoo that Love, Dylan, Deguara, and Jonathan Owens-Watson were at the Dillons homestead in Door County over the holiday weekend. Nice to see them hanging around away from the field. Yes, it was excellent. As I've stated so many times, I try not to talk too much or mention much about guys' you know, personal lives. 100% they put it on social, so it's out there. I understand people are going to comment on it. Not really my thing. Other than to say, yes, I agree. It's dope that they're all hanging out off the field. I, I freaking love it. Uh, Brandy asks, how weird is it to watch so many rookies on every phase of this team? Yeah, it's not weird yet because we're not there. Uh, Like, when I hit the ground at training camp and trying to keep track of all the new numbers and positions and things like that, that's when I think it'll be weird. And I'm sure throughout the season, you know, you get to a point where you know a roster so well and there are so many vets and you just know it, right, like the back of your hand. Now there's going to be a lot of, you know, getting to know you so to speak, with all these young players. So uh, it's not weird yet, but I'm sure it will be. Cheeto, what's up, man? Thanks for the Super Chat. Always top-notch sports commentary. Thanks. A close second place is NBA on TNT. Did you catch the flat, latest fiery segment about the lint on Barkley's socks? I did not, Cheeto, although I do recognize that they are the absolute gold standard when it comes to anything regarding sports commentary. That show is inside the NBA is absolutely amazing. No question. New York Chiefs said says, we will probably be the youngest team this season. I believe they're in the running. I know Bill Huber had a piece up this morning about it. Um, there's no doubt they'll be in the conversation, as Brian likes to say. Um, Nothing better than the offseason cockiness of Bears fans. Pride cometh before the fall. That is pretty much perfectly stated. I like it. I like it. Uh, Soder, see What's up, Soder? How you doing, man? Uh, if I had a dollar for any time asked who the hell is fifty three, I mean that's the thing. They hand out the roster at training camp, right? And guys make plays. Like I'm used to having to like look a, like look at the roster when say an undrafted guy makes a play, and I'm like, oh, who's that number? Blah blah blah. But this summer, there's going to be a whole lot more of that. There is no doubt about it. All right, everybody, I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go.